This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hi, this is Glenn Wexler, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. Is there a library, a bookstore around here where I can get books on rock and roll? Rock and roll. This is a story that needs to be told. These rock and rollers want something to read. Shh. Quiet, please. Welcome to another edition of The Rock and Roll Librarian. This time, live in the studio. Yes, with host Shelly Sorensen. Hello, Christian. Yes, we are in the same room. For the first time in a year, year and, and half. half. year yeah. and a half, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice uh, to see you. Nice to see you. Well, <laughs> we've seen each other. Right. You know, even even during COVID, I think we saw each other a fair amount. Sure. Walks o- outside, and outside yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. We, we, you know, uh, Luckily, you live in a beautiful place. So. Y- yes, and you are uh, always coming down here to... Uh, uh, take yes, over I have my date, beach. dates with uh, Christian's wife and dogs. Yes, and uh, yes, and you bring people with you as well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, no, definitely, it's nice to be back in the studio where we can see each other, sort of, uh, and uh, uh, you know, do this uh, in person as opposed to on Zoom. I think is what we were doing. Wait, didn't you come over once and we did it where you were outside and I was inside? Or- no, no, I don't we think tried so. that. We thought we might. Yeah, once give that we a once shot. we did one with Nate Wilcox, and I went into the living room because we, you and oh, I, couldn't be right. in the same room. That's right. Maybe that's what you're that's, remembering. That's that right. was the doors. Book. That's right. That's right. I remember that <laughs> now. So, all right. So, um, wow. Okay, we're back uh, with a new edition, and I believe we're we're gonna do something a little different. Uh, this time, right? It is different. Um, we're going to cover a book of fiction. So usually, you know, I read biographies and autobiographies. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm sure all you guys know what that is. But as the librarian, I have to explain, you know, that a biography is really a factual account of somebody's life. And this is not a factual account of somebody's life. This is a story um, written by... Christy Alexander Hallberg, and um, the title is Searching for Jimmy Page, a novel. Wow, a yes, novel. A novel. And we've and done a graphic novel before we with did Metallica. A, we did do. It wasn't, it was a graphic novel, but it wasn't a novel in the strictest terms of, you know, definition right. Right. It was, of the it word. It was just basically their history Yeah, in, it was a, it was a history form, of Metallica right. in the in graphic form. In comic book form, form I should say, <laughs> Graphic yeah, novel, that was all I could take correct. of Metallica. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Come on, I'm allowed. Those guys I'm are allowed to and they're local heroes here. Come on, okay. San Francisco. So yes, um, let me see. So this is a very in for me. This was a fun book to read because I love mysteries, and this is a mystery, mm-hmm. and it's also a coming of age story. So it, the protagonist is an 18 year old girl who is on a pilgrimage to solve the mysteries of her own parentage 
through a search for Jimmy Page. And he... Say what? Yes. uh, He is the um, famous guitarist, of course, of Led Zeppelin, that her troubled mother had obsessed over before she committed suicide nine years earlier. In the novel. Yes, in the novel. And it uh, actually... it springs from the author's longtime fascination with Led Zeppelin that began with the viewing of the concert film, The Song Remains the Same, when she was a teenager. Mm. So she became a big Led Zeppelin fan. Mm. And um, also the book contains many autobiographical elements from her own life. But of course, it's not it's not based on her life. But there's... Uh, you know, the fact that she saw that movie, which which the girl in the book also sees. The and, protagonist. Right, yeah. Right. What, is the, what is the protagonist's name? Her name is Luna. Luna. Kane. Okay. And that, that's, that's significant because there's a lot in here about owls and the moon and... Um, and the kind of some the mis- the mysteries and the mystique around the moon and Luna of course means moon, so um, yeah so that was yeah the um, meaning is that isn't that Latin? Uh, Luna, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah probably I think, I mean, I think you know Latin. Spanish, yeah, yeah. French, yeah. yeah it's probably yeah. from Latin. Um, yeah, so I really I enjoyed the book um, and I thought I am not a Led Zeppelin fan. I do remember. Um, wow, no Metallica and now no Led Zeppelin. Well, I'm not no Led Zeppelin. I'm just not a fan. You know, I never owned any of their records. That's what I consider. Kind oh of like man, fandom. I can hear I can hear the gasps in the audience uh, right now. <laughs> well, as we were talking what? about before, she never, you didn't really need to buy Led Zeppelin albums of... because <laughs> they were always on the radio and stuff. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> yeah, give it a give it another 15 minutes and Stairway to Heaven will play That's on your right. favorite FM rock station. Yep. And um, I do I do remember first hearing about Led Zeppelin when I was about 13, you know, hanging out with my then boyfriend, whatever that meant um, at the time, and him saying, oh, I just discovered this new band called Led Zeppelin, and it's really fun to listen to this song when, when you're stoned. And of course, I'd never been stoned yet, so that was all intriguing. Did, they, did you think that maybe they were literally going to throw stones at you? No, okay. no, I, Just, I, I knew. I mean, I knew enough to know what he meant, but I hadn't uh, ever done it yet. Uh, and yeah. so, did you uh, partake in the plant known as cannabis and listen to the band known as Led Zeppelin? I don't think so. Uh, now we know why you never became a fan. He didn't have any. <laughs> Any Led Zeppelin no, or any, any cannabis? Any weed. <laughs> I probably would have started that day, but I think it took me another year or something mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get into that. Anyway, all right. Well, I thought well, we could listen to some a, a very iconic Led. Of course, they're all iconic, but you know, a very well-known Led Zeppelin song. Yes, their their repertoire the is uh, is pretty well known. They were. Uh, rather large yes. uh, in the 1970s, yeah, I would say, and uh, and their uh, their influence is still felt uh, today. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Greta Van Fleet. Uh, that's I think all I need to say, and most people would uh, would pick up on the fact that uh, wow, those guys do uh, they have a lot of Led Zeppelin in their DNA. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So what what uh, what song are well, we going to start with? Here? I would like to hear "Whole Lot of Love" because oh, that I don't know may that have one. been the one my boyfriend was talking about. <laughs> John Brawley. Well, yeah. Um, I, I 
think he was trying to get you stoned for maybe another reason if he was wanting to play a whole lot of love along with that dove. <laughs> maybe. Partaking of Yeah, the, we were a little weed. too young for that kind of stuff. I mean, at the time. Yeah, us, yeah. you know, individually, we were just kind of... All right, let's get into it. Whole lot of love. <laughs> set in two two locations it starts in north carolina in the woods in 1988 where um, an 18 year old luna is attending her great-grandfather's death he's passing he's um, she and her grandmother are witnessing him pass away and he lives in this kind of spooky cabin um Ooh. and yeah hey, this is great for halloween yeah and so they they sit around you know and wait for him to draw his last breath um and during this time we learned that decades earlier he had tried to save his own wife from breast cancer with faith healing he was a member of the pentecostal church and this part is actually autobiographical I, re- I read about this in her artist statement oh, that she grew this, up in the pentecostal ways that yeah, that she heard the story about her great grandfather. She didn't know him, but she, this story was passed down in their family oh. that the great grandfather had tried to save his wife from breast cancer with with faith healing. Of course, as we know, it it didn't work, um, and so she died. The great grandmother. And so he just like escaped from modern life and went to live in his cabin in the woods. Um, and at the time. Uh, Hashtag sad. Hmm? Hashtag sad. Yes. Sad. Yes. Um, and and after that, another major thing happened, which was that Luna's own mother, Claudia, um, his great-granddaughter, had committed suicide when Luna was just nine. Mm. And the great-grandfather hadn't spoken at all since his, his granddaughter had died. So he had been mute since his granddaughter died. And oh, was, so he took a vow of silence. Well, yeah, and because because they saw her suicide as, as an abomination. So they weren't allowed to speak about her or, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. grieve, really. The um, wrong ways. Yeah. Perpetuate, yeah. perpetuate the family problem. Yeah, like um, more trauma that you haven't healed from. Yeah. Um, the only way out of those sort of things is to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen to poor yeah. Luna right before her grandfather passed away is he decided to talk and he said can you hear it owls like music and when he says that it triggers repressed memories of claude of luna's 
mother's love of a song about owls crying in the night, the singer's wail primeval in sync with marauding guitar licks like the beat, like jungle drums. Oh, and, I know where we're going yes, with Yes, so this is um, her, Claudia, I mean, Luna, remembering a song John that Bonham. her mother played constantly and that was four sticks uh-huh. and um she has a memories of her mother you know right there in that room she, these memories come back of her mother in her bedroom a photo of jimmy page at kezar stadium on her wall and so claudia the mother committed suicide and by jimmy the way if page, she had pictures of jimmy page on her wall from kezar stadium that was probably taken by neil preston neil preston yeah the famous rock photographer Oh, okay. do you know the do you know the famous shot of Robert Plant with the dove on his hand? Yeah. Okay, that was taken by uh, Neil Preston at oh. Kezar Stadium. Uh, Neil was kind of like their uh, their their personal photographer uh, at that time. I see. Yeah, sorry, I've gotten to know Neil over the years. So, oh, good. Uh, yeah, interviewed cool. him a few times and things like that. Yeah, so. this this poster actually kind of has a a place in this story, so yeah. that's interesting to know. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Might need uh, to let Neil know. <laughs> right? Right. That's true. Yeah, right? All right. Back to this. Yeah. Four sticks. So so because of these memories that she has, you know, from her early childhood, her mother and Jimmy Page are intertwined in her mind. Oh. And until her memories were, like, triggered by her great-grandfather's word, she and the rest of her family had wiped Claudia out of their minds and never spoke of her and even closed off her bedroom mm-hmm. and locked it up. Mm-hmm. Now we are going to listen to the song for sticks because we need to find, we need to kind of immerse ourselves in the mother's state of mind. Mm-hmm. Got so, it. Yes. All right. Let's go owl hunting. And owls and yes. dry rivers and stuff like that. All right. Here we go. Four sticks. like a, a really good song for uh, somebody like Claudia who was um, it, she was a complicated uh, mother and person she was a, a free spirit she's kind of like you know has that hippie kind of quality but she was clearly suffering from mental illness as we learn um, because she would do things like you know be be out with her daughter and having a conversation and then somebody something would activate her 
depression mm. and she would go shut herself in her room and not be available to her daughter. So just having a mother with this mental illness was, you know, traumatic and um, for, for Luna. And she almost felt like her mother loved Jimmy Page more than she did her. I mean, she was more accessible to Jimmy Page than she even was to Luna, her own daughter. Okay. That's um, yeah. A and, little and weird, it, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we uh, get entrapped by our celebrity desires. Yes. I mean, this was obviously a, you know, kind of clinical case of, of yeah. that, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, we've all had crushes on celebrities, but um, this was this taken was to more the next like level obsession. or so. Right, yeah, right, obsession. Right. Mm -hmm. um, at this time, Luna is a senior in high school and she's saving money for her senior trip. Um, and her uncle, her uncle by marriage, gives her Jimmy Page's soon to be released solo album, Outrider, for a grad graduation gift. So this is 1988. And that's when Jimmy Page's, um, you know, solo album comes out. And uh, she opens the present and her grandmother and her aunt just get really upset because they associate this album, they associate Jimmy Page with the mother's mental illness and suicide. Um, and they want to, and actually her aunt takes away the album from her, but Luna sneaks into her room and, and like, um, uh, substitutes a different album in there so that she can keep the Outrider album because she's now her interest is peaked. You know, she wants to find out more about Jimmy Page and the uncle agrees that it's not right to erase Claudia from their lives. That's not good for Luna. Mm -hmm. And the cover of the record album and seeing Jimmy Page on it brings, uh, you know, continues like so these two things her grandfather mentioning the owls in the night and seeing this new album of jimmy pages uh kind of combine uh to uh trigger these memories almost visions of her mom like she starts feeling like she can hear her mother's voice right. talking to mm -hmm. her mm -hmm. and she even speaking of drugs takes mushrooms to see if it will help her connect to her mother. She thinks there's going to be some possibly mystical thing that's going to connect her to her mother. Um, wow, I think that's the plot line to the new Nicole Kidman show, <laughs> Nine Perfect Strangers, but go ah, on. Ah, is that right? Okay. So her, her friend reminds her that she was born in November 1969, so she would have been conceived in February. And she's the first to suggest Valentine's that Paige Day. might that she's the first to suggest that Paige might be Luna's father. Oh. So, because Claudia, the wait, mother... Wait, wait, what? The, the friend is connecting the dots and okay. trying to help Luna figure out, like, who her father might be. And, and you know, they're just talking and saying, hey, wait a minute, didn't your mom say that she went to a Led Zeppelin concert in February of 1969? So... They, they kind of create this fantasy in their heads that there might be a possibility mm -hmm. that, you know, they, that they had sex and Ooh. Luna was the, you know, the, was the uh, result, result of that. Yes. Let's just say. Yes. Um, so. Um, she, unbeknownst to Mr. Page. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally unbeknownst mm -hmm. to him. 
So she buys all of the Led Zeppelin albums she can find on cassettes and scrutinizes them for any evidence of a love affair between her mom and Jimmy. So this is a quote from the book. Was Thank You a song about eternal love inspired by her? How about What Is and what Should, what should Never Be or Ramble On? So I thought we could play one of those songs and see if we can figure out if they might be about Claudia. <laughs> okay. Um, or just listen to them. <laughs> well, we can't listen to all three of them. No. You in the audience, you can go and listen to yes. uh, all three of them. Uh, and you should. And in fact, I hope, uh, you know, these little clips and samples are causing you to go and devour as much Led Zeppelin as uh, you have time available for. So, all right. Uh, so let's... I thought we could play. Well, you chose one. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to choose uh, what is and what should never be. Okay. That's my favorite of the three. Uh, Ramble on is, uh, yeah, that's up there definitely, but that's the obvious choice. Thank you, uh, my least of the three. So, yeah, what is and what shall never be. And if I say to you tomorrow, take my hand, child, come with me. To a castle, I will take you. Well, what's to be they say will be. I guess the wind has been sail away, leave the day way up high in the sky. And oh, but the wind won't blow. We really shouldn't go. Going up to show. Okay, um, interesting. All three were on Led Zeppelin II, yeah. uh, which was recorded in 1969. There you go. Mm. Well, recorded, but the songs were probably written way before he would have met. No, no, mm. no. Uh, just recently doing a lot of uh, Led Zeppelin research for uh, our uh, latest guitar, uh, latest rock, rock and roll archaeology episode, Guitar Mageddon. Um, no, part of the reason why Led Zeppelin, you know, was uh, notorious for uh, appropriation was just because they they didn't have a bunch of songs sitting around that they literally had to just pull wherever they could, mm. especially those first two albums. Uh, and you know, they 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 stole, if you will, um, you know, stuff yeah. from Willie Willie Dixon. And, I know, I read about uh, some of that. Yeah, a lot of the that stuff and. Um, you know, so they, they they were they were just you know making it up on the fly while they were out uh, you know stampeding around the world. Yeah. Uh. So um. Uh. You know they 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 had to write these songs right then and there. And boy, I mean some of these songs are real bangers. Yeah. Uh. You know. Uh. In 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 you know 
you know, most of Led Zeppelin II is, you know, whether it's appropriated or not, they definitely changed up some things. They, you know, gave it a whole new spin, you know, uh, you know, the, the heaviness and all that, which has been talked to death, um, uh, you know, to take the, the blues and hence why the name Led Zeppelin came from Keith, uh, uh Keith Moon's mouth. Um, but, uh, uh, no, they, they had to write those songs right then and there. Uh, and so it's quite possible all three of those songs were written in 1969 after the February oh, event. Oh, okay. So it's, so we're, we're building a case it, it for is possible. Uh, Claudia being a, yeah, a sweetie. Yeah. yeah. It's time to get out the red yarn. Yeah. But I have a question actually, I just thought of, do you know, and you probably do, um, of the songwriting partners of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, where no, did, never heard of him. Did Jimmy write most of the music and Robert write the lyrics, or was um, it more like a Lennon McCartney thing? Because I was curious about that. Yeah. Because if if Claudia's mother, if Claudia is looking for like signs and songs that Jimmy Page, you know, loves her or whatever, and Robert Plant wrote the words, then that doesn't quite. Um, jive with me so uh it it, it was a, a a true collaboration mm-hmm. um you know jimmy was definitely in charge of the music uh in the production and let's face it he you know was the most experienced um right uh, and again he had been a session musician oh yeah yeah for years of, oh yeah. yeah 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 and and john paul jones as well and in fact that is something that we make a point of in Guitar Mageddon is that, you know, Led Zeppelin was, um, you know, the beginnings of these more professionalized acts. They they were put together strictly for professional reasons. Uh, and you see that more and more in this in the 70s. It's not for blokes who grew up uh, on the block and, right. and, you know, said, let's make a band, uh, <laughs> you know, like the, more like the Beatles. But um, um, so... Uh, my understanding, I, I know later on Plant definitely wrote more of the lyrics, page more of the music, but I, I think it was a little bit more collaborative, um, uh, between the, the two of them. And, 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 you know, even John Paul Jones got in the act a little bit, uh, there as well, uh, because again, he was a pro, but, you know, I'll, I'll check that at the break too, just mm-hmm. to make sure. Cause that's a, that's a great question of, of you know, that, that should be answered, especially when it comes to this particular situation. Yeah. Well, one thing I did read was that there were only like two songs of theirs that Jimmy Page did not have a hand in collaborating on. Right. So he was definitely had his finger in all the pots pretty much. And the one, yeah, the one, one song would probably be no quarter. Um, I don't know about that one, but one of them was the one that, um, that was about uh, Robert Plant's son who died, uh, and yeah. that wasn't. Uh, I don't. And I, as I remember, Jimmy Page didn't. That was John Bonham and Robert and Plant. Plant. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. remember, Bonham and Plant were friends and buddies from the North Country. Uh, they were the two amateurs, uh, and uh, you know, John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page were you know from the, the London session circuit yeah. for years. Yeah, had their experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, as part of. Uh, now, I didn't do this as part of my research, but as part of Luna's research, she read Stephen Davis's book about Led Zeppelin, Hammer of the Gods. Oh, everybody reads that, yeah. Yeah, so she was really doing research mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. you know, she's being a good librarian. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and uh, so as the from Luna's point of the view point of view it, it includes descriptions of groupies the occult drugs sordid detail after sordid detail as yep. says, quoted in the book yeah and so mud she shark says, and all that yeah so so Luna says how could he have loved any of them how could he have loved Claudia even if they had met even if they had fucked <laughs> so she just like you know reading hammer of the gods just kind of turned her upside down too like well wait a minute my mother loved this guy and and he and this this was all part of his you know life was just you know you know fucking women that he met at concerts and stuff so i read a little bit about some of his um Exploits. Affairs. Yeah. Yes, I believe we talked about that at a dinner party recently. Yeah, the most disturbing one, of course, is the one that um, apparently uh, Lori Maddox, who was 14 when they started their relationship. And I've, I read in two different places, two different articles, that she had she um, put off his advances and then eventually his manager kidnapped her and brought her to him. Oh yeah. So that was a little I, I know disturbing. That, that was yeah. a little R. Mm. Kelly-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of someone in the news right now. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I don't think he branded anybody. No, uh, I yeah. know, but or, or but, trapped them in, you know, a mansion for. Yeah, it sounded like once she. Time immemorial. I mean, her but, quote was once she was there she yeah you know, was pretty taken with him so yeah a lot of this has been uh brought up and discussed you know especially over the last couple of years um you know change of mores uh and all that uh you know again totally wrong uh at the time but uh unfortunately society just accepted it uh, yeah. at the time yeah um oh how you cute know, no harm yeah. no foul right. um at the time uh that would not be allowed today no no um, we, re- we recognize these girls as children yes <laughs> you know and yes they may be playing a dangerous game but you're supposed to not pick up the rope there you Ex- know, you're not, i agree yeah. you're supposed to turn away and say honey go uh, home to your yeah, mama yeah, yeah yeah you know but whatever yeah i mean it's yeah water under the bridge but it, it's you know got me thinking about a lot of stuff um okay so another autobiographical part of the book is um when uh claudia was when no i keep getting claudia and luna mixed up when luna was six her mother took her to the drive-in to see the movie the song remains the same now that's the same movie that the author saw but she was a teenager when she saw the movie not six i mean a six-year-old i'm Mm -hmm. like oh my goodness because i i you know i watched part of uh the parts that she's mentioning and um they're they're just bizarre so i'll go into that a oh little bit more. so have you seen the whole movie no i saw that i i found the part that uh she was talking yeah about it opens the with these fantasies of yeah. each of the members and peter grant their manager who you suggested had kidnapped um uh, what was her name? Oh, uh, Lori Maddox. Lori Maddox, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they each have their own little weird fantasy sequences yeah, that yeah. I, I, I think it's fair to admit do not hold up very well with no. time. I watched <laughs> the one which she talks about, okay, in the book. She says, he looked angelic, ethereal, beautiful, but she was upset by the occult symbolism and the ambiguity of his guitar playing and music. So... 
you know, then, then she talks about the fantasy sequences. Um, and when they play dazed and confused, um, there's a scene where he, he starts using the violin bow on the strings <laughs> of his going. Les Paul, and it shifts, the visual shifts to this blustery moonlit night in the Scottish Highlands, where he's like crawling up this cliff. I mean, that scene takes three minutes. You're just yeah. like, this is so boring. Well, it's it's kind of like the hermit who is on the, I think, inside jacket, if I remember right. Uh, <laughs> But but yeah, so it was something from Led Zeppelin Four. They were they were playing off of that imagery um, uh, for the the movie. I, I, yes, I yeah, never yeah. mind. There was you know yeah a lot of <laughs> it's, kind of it's pretty dull kind of <laughs> stuff. Pretty. And he gets up to the top and he sees his face change from yeah. old to you know old to young and back up to old again. It's just no, oh, I it's I, very I, oh, you know I went was, through all that myself <laughs> when I saw it as a teenager and was like, oh, there must be deep meaning in this. Yeah, oh, right. it's amazing. Oh, I must figure this out. Oh my God, it's just stupid. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> so. so anyway, I thought we could play the part. The of, good part. The no, the part of dazed and confused. Yeah, the good part, the music part, because yeah. actually that. Is pretty good in the movie, it's, and it's very, but it's very long. So, oh um, yes, of course, yeah, so, yeah. Most uh, people don't know Led Zeppelin was I actually. I would like to play the part where he's using the violin. Oh, we we, we will do that's that. That's the part that she remembers. We, we will do that. But okay. my point is that um, uh, that uh, you know the these these guys were a bit of a jam band. Most people don't know that they think they came out there and you know played their hits in the row that they did the night before and that they would do the night after. And no, they they really um, explored these songs and uh, tried to stretch out uh, mm-hmm. and stuff. And that, that takes a certain level of skill um, that uh, they need to be recognized for. And yes, Dazed and Confused was one of those songs that they uh, could always stretch out and uh, and do so in the, uh, in the, uh, the movie. Um, so, all right, so you want the live... At MSG, nineteen seventy three. Yep. Seventy six, I think. No, no, because no, the movie came out. Okay. The movie came out in seventy six. The movie was held for a long time. Oh, I see. But okay. it's from the. Yeah. In fact, some of, if I remember right, some of the footage is actually from the seventy one tour, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember right. So, um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's dazed and confused, violins. <laughs>
question. This was confusing for Luna. Wait a minute. At What six. about the song? Yeah, I know. I'm just going back to the movie. <laughs> the film sets off another of Come on, he spells. uses a violin bow. That's yeah. <laughs> amazing. But we don't actually see that in the movie. We only hear it. We're watching him no, like, climbing we see, a cliff. We, we and see a bit of him using the bow in the movie. Well, not on this song. I'm just saying. Well, no, you do, in this song. Okay. At this, at later on. Okay. I've seen the damn thing a million times, and I know he uses the bow on on uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, I think they're doing some sort of weird, like, fake LSD feel to it. Yeah. Uh, oh sure. You yeah. know, so they're they're kind of you know trying to mess with you. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I all right. I'm not easily um, messed with. Yeah. Though. All right. I see. Dazed and Confused did not make much of an impression on you. <laughs> no. I It's not that it didn't. It's just I'm talking. I'm just talking about the movie, mm-hmm. um, and how strange. Hey, did you know? It, did you know that that's a cover? Dazed and confused. Yeah. Hmm. No, I I didn't. Originally recorded by the Yardbirds. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Now who was but in the Yardbirds? Jimmy Page. There you go. That so, I know. But he wrote it. Yes. And all these yeah, people that were uh, like came in and out of the Yardbirds. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, of course, after they went to the drive-in movie to see this uh, play, when they got home, uh, Claudia went off in her room and, you know, didn't come out for a couple of days. This uh, is, these kinds of things triggered her. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, it was Claudia who brought her, um, Luna, her first journal and told her to write. And so... It was, and she, what she says in the book, it was the only thing she was good at. So she writes in her journal. Um, she writes poetry. She writes stories. But also, after her mother died, she started cutting herself. Um, you know, to like, I don't understand too much about cutting, but I know it's an obsessive compulsive um, eh. disorder and it's a traumatic, you know, thing. Yep. What she did was she chronicled her cutting in the journal by putting, you know, like a blood mark every time she did it. And, um, and then, uh, destroyed, um, all of her mother's things that she had after she died, including her memory. So, um, this is really, you know, a difficult way to grow up. Certainly. I mean, we all know it's, It has a big impact on children when they're raised by a mentally ill parent, uh, whether the parent is loving, you know, even if the parent is loving, it's all these, un, you know, it's hard enough being a kid, you're trying to understand the world, right? And then you have a parent who just kind of, yeah, like disappears on you, mm-hmm. and you feel like you did something wrong to cause it, and it, it's just so confusing for a child. So I really, I don't know. Encourage That's- mental health. Yes. <laughs> Whenever possible. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, again, we, we live in a different world today. They didn't know, and, you know, no, I mean, that Well, family. there was stigma and all the things that go along with it. And then, yeah, as we've already um, established, um, you know, the church uh, had, uh, you know, this um, vile take on, uh, well, on suicide. Well, suicide is a cardinal sin. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, not, not good. So, yeah. um, not helpful. Not, not helpful. Exactly. Not helpful at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the fun, interesting things we find out about Luna is, um, after listening to all of this Led Zeppelin stuff, 
um, she decided that Physical Graffiti is her favorite Led Zeppelin album. Hmm, Maybe that's a good one. because it wasn't her mom's. Oh. So Well, that's because um, it was later. Yes, and it was uh well when did uh Physical Graffiti came out in seventy five. Okay. Um, yeah, so maybe because it wasn't her mom's, because her mom never... Oh, well, no, her mom uh, killed herself no, in... No, nine uh, years later. 79 so, yeah, or something 78, like 79, yeah. So, um, so these are the songs that uh, she loved um, from that album. Cashmere, Night Flight, and Houses of the Holy resonated with her in ways most of the other songs didn't. Mm-hmm. Claudia had rarely played them. So um, I would like to listen to Houses of the Holy because we're saving Kashmir for later. Okay, good pick. Yep, Houses of the Holy is a great song, one of my favorites. All right, here you go. Houses of the Holy. Okay, now that one sounds like a clue. Let me take you to the movie. Let me make your garden grow. Yeah. Oh, man. I know what's going on in 19, <laughs> February 1969. Well, actually, speaking of houses, uh, um, so after immersing herself in Jimmy Page, she decided to pool her work and graduation money to fly to London. Oh, Remember, no. She's 18. She's not going to go and try to meet him, is she? She's going to try to find oh, him. Oh, no. She knew he had houses, get it, oh, in no. Kensington and Windsor right. and still owned them because mm-hmm. she had read, you know, magazine articles right. about him. Yeah. And she had to find him, find out who she was. Oh, God. So she devised a plan. Uh-huh. Her friend drives her to the bus station which she'll take to Atlanta to board a flight for London. But first, she does this whole ritual where she clears out her great-grandfather's cabin, which is the place she had been escaping to and hiding all her Led Zeppelin-connected books, albums, and posters. And she burned everything related to Led Zeppelin and Jimmy that she had collected. Oh, ritual fire. Hmm? Ritual fire. Yes, ritual flat fire and the big fireplace in the great-grandfather's cabin in the woods. Mm. So she burned everything, including a copy of Pamela Miller's book, I'm with the band. Pamela. I'm saying Pamela Miller because that was her name before she was Pamela DeBar. Oh. But she was Pamela DeBar when she wrote the book, yes. I'm with the band. Yes. Pamela. Oh, so now wait a minute. That takes place later because... Some of the band isn't 
published. I know, but this is 1988. Oh, okay. This is the current date is 1988. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, hey, I know Pamela. Yes, we know Pamela. I even got to meet her at the pod. Rockin' Pod. Yes, Rock you did. You got to, yep, and I was uh, just at her birthday party a couple weeks ago. That's right. Very so nice. we know Pamela uh, does a podcast. Sweet, on, sweet uh, Pamela. On Pantheon. Yes, she has a wonderful podcast. And I'm podcast. sure she's talked about Jimmy. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, because, um, let's just say she definitely was a girlfriend in 1969 with Jimmy Page. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so maybe she should start looking for her mom. So isn't this, isn't this interesting? Yeah. It's kind of interesting how these uh, lives are colliding here. Yeah. Yes. Connections upon connections uh, yeah. here at the Pantheon uh, podcast world. So this is a quote from the book. Uh, about Pamela. She'd written extensively about her fling with Jimmy during the summer of 69. I wondered if she thought he'd written songs for her too, if she still felt the rush of red river tides in her soul, heard phantom owls crying in her head. So, yeah, she throws the book into the fire and uh, filled a trash bag with all the cassettes and throws them in the river. So this is definitely a ritual uh, before she goes off to find Jimmy. Okay, can I, can I just ask a question? Yes. Just uh-huh. this is, I'm just curious about this. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have the answer. Um, yeah, this would probably be best asked of Christy. But, um, okay, I can understand. Okay, she takes, takes all the pieces of Led Zeppelin and puts them in the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that makes weird sense but except for the cassettes because they wouldn't burn very well i guess that's why oh, she put okay. them in the river well i don't know they melt but, but anyway <laughs> that's semantics so um why pamela's book which she doesn't really have any connection to led zeppelin it's just other than she was definitely a known lover of Mr. Page mm-hmm. in 1969. Right. I think it was part of her, you know, reading that book was part of oh, Luna's to, to learn, research. Learn to, yeah, to gain as Jimmy. much knowledge yeah. about Jimmy, especially at that time. That's right. Um, and yes, you know, Pamela's got a pretty, you know, de- definitive account of, you know, his time, certainly in LA. Yes. Uh, in, in, in that year. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Then, of course, I had to go read that part of the book. <laughs> Which I think we were talking about at the dinner yeah. party. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. She's a pretty good writer, huh? Oh, yeah. She is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. I'm going to, I, I, I did. Go back to the beginning and start reading the whole thing. So, I think we should do that book. Yeah, that would be interesting. It would be it? fun. Yeah, and and a little weird. Yeah, a little because like, I know her now. You I know, know. and uh, you know, I mean, she was always this thing. You know, this this uh, that's a bad word to use. Yeah, but she was this An uh, icon. This kind yeah, of, uh, this this okay. All these rock stars were really into her, so there must be she must have some sort of magic. Yeah, you know right. and. You know, and, and I now look you at, know she's a human being. Well, <laughs> yes, but but at the same time, I know now why she's really fascinating. She yeah. really is. She's very well read. Mm-hmm. Um, she can uh, converse on a lot of subjects, uh, and and um, by the way, she has got a great a great sense of music. I mean, her her musical tastes are actually actually I think you guys would get along 
a lot better than you think uh-huh. uh, for her musical tastes uh-huh. uh, out there. So, but um, uh, not that you didn't get along when you were together. Or, or, no, or I, I didn't that. have but, a chance to really you know, talk to her. Yeah, it was a little loud yeah, where we, we were a at, and table you were on the other side of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah and all no, that. she but, seemed uh, quite pleasant. She was being interviewed a lot at Rock and Pods. So. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. So. Um, Wow, so, so she throws everything into the fire before yeah. she goes on her, her quest. Her journey. Her yeah. quest yes. uh, to find her potential sperm donor. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one more thing, though, before she leaves on her adventure. Mm-hmm. She breaks into her mother's locked room. So not only that do they have they not talked about this woman at all. Oh, the they, they had they've a shrine. locked the they room a, the, off. The, the shrine thing of um, everything was exactly the same. Yes, as, okay, everything yeah, was yeah, the yeah. same except for the stuff that had had to be cleared out and removed and destroyed due to blood splatter. Oh. So this was um, she got uh, as Luna goes into her mother's room. She's overwhelmed with memories of the day she found her mother with a gun Uh, so this is where we find out that luna was actually a witness to her mother's suicide uh, and not just a witness but there's some um you know a little bit of a struggle and it's just a super traumatic experience um for the daughter and and so when she goes into her room um she puts on the the song four sticks um to to kind of immerse herself in the memories um, of her mother, you know, committing suicide. And she carries, still carries a lot of guilt and trauma about this because she wasn't able to stop her mother, mm. you know, from doing what she did. Yeah. That's, um, it's not And her there's fault. more about it's that. Not, you know, uh, you, all, you all have to read the book. Yeah, I, of course. I, you yeah, know, yeah. it's a really well told um, and, uh, you know, I mean, just feel for this girl and mm-hmm. teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, finally, her great adventure begins. And of course, you can imagine an 18 year old who's, uh, you know, an innocent uh you know, getting to an airport on the on a Graham bus and, you know, getting to, you know, getting to London. She has plenty of crazy setbacks and but she perseveres. Um, and her journey, this journey is a big part of the story, you know, how she gets to London and how the people that she meets and the, um, you know, the setbacks she has and the people that help her. So um, I know where we're going. You do. Oh, let the sun beat down upon my face and stars fill my dream. I'm a traveler of both time and space. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the The funny thing is that, that the notes she made to take this trip largely came from Hammer of the Gods. So she's doing like a tour. You know, she's yeah. like <laughs> like planning her trip around this book about mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I was going to read... Uh, a quote from the book, which is um, that she'd felt fearless planning the trip, like, quote, an intrepid traveler of time and space, mm. of whom Robert Plant sang in <laughs> Cashmere. So, you know, uh, Robert Plant definitely wrote the lyrics to this. In fact, I th- if I remember right, he was uh, 
uh, in Morocco, in uh, the North Africa, uh, traveling around, and uh, that's where he kind of began the inspiration of writing the the lyrics. But he he thinks this is their best song, not Stairway to Heaven. He thinks this is this is the song that says Led Zeppelin more so than any other song. And uh, um, mm-hmm. I, there's many to choose from. Uh, you know uh, the the you know the dark and the light of of, of the guys, the soft and the loud. Um, uh, but man, it's that, that song is really, uh, there's, there's a piece of real magic going on with that, uh, with that song. Um, you know, bow in hand, uh, to create, uh, what sounds like a violin, the Mellotron of John Paul Jones, uh, in the background, a self-contained, um, all right, not a self, a contained John, John Bonham, uh, there, uh, just just down on the groove man god that song is so good yeah it it really is i it's very powerful mm, um mm. i can see how that would make her feel fearless you know can't mm. you like the feeling is is fearless yeah, right yeah while she's planning her her trip um but by the time she got to england and checked into her little hotel room she said I just felt fear now, mm, you know, well, like the lead yeah, now, up. Now, yeah. Now, now you have hard. to do the she, thing that you came yeah, to do. She was strong. Yeah. She made it there. And now all of a sudden she's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Um, what so, am I going to do? Go knock on the door. Yep. <laughs> mm, yeah. So she sets out to locate the first of Paige's homes that she knows. Head still Grange. owns tower house. Tower house. Okay. Off of Kensington high street. Uh huh. A, gig- a giant, this is a quote, a giant gothic sore thumb in the midst of Queen Anne's. <laughs> now, I read a little bit about Tower House, you uh-huh. know, in my favorite place, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, I found out that the architect, who's named some Burgess, was obsessed with the Middle Ages and built the house in or designed the house between 1875 and 1881 in the French Gothic revival style with a medieval interior that includes a hall with astrological signs painted on the ceiling. Hey, I think I have that right down the street uh, at Sam's <laughs> oh, Castle. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do have a castle here. <laughs> Literally, folks, I have a castle at the end of my street. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was actually just reading about that too. I know. How I, yeah, I was in the. I saw it. it was in the news and they're yeah. refurbishing it. Yeah. I yeah, see the, that's pretty. I cool. see the workers up there every day, but uh, yeah, so we I have a castle a, on the street. Yeah, I read a little bit more about this uh, tower house, and it's a, it's a museum piece basically. Mm. I mean, and and Paige has kept it going up, I think, and he still owns it. He, oh, and he it's does. Got okay. incredible. You know, interior and um, but the interesting thing was, I thought that he he bought it from the actor Richard Harris, who um, who owned it for a time. And um, I can't remember, like Liberace also tried to buy this house. Wow. <laughs> so this, this is was like, a house wanted yes. by the entertainment intelligentsia. That's right. Wanted and haunted. Oh, wanted oh. and haunted. See right. how I did that? I made a yes. little poem. Yes. Very yeah. Good. So apparently, yeah, it was supposedly haunted. I read that uh, Richard Harris thought it was haunted by children. And oh, he used so he to, said, I'm out of here. He used to buy toys for the ghost children. 
Nice. So it kind of makes you want to go like, okay, Richard Harris, let's find out what you were all about. <laughs> okay. So the original Dumbledore. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of really, really great acting roles. Man, yeah, I know. Okay. Um, All right. So yeah. I've so redeemed, anyway, Jimmy, I've redeemed myself. Jimmy now. bought this house from Richard Harris, and so so Luna, our our intrepid, you know, protagonist, yes, um, sits by and watches the house mm. to see if somebody comes and goes, and she thinks that she sees Jimmy leaving in a car, um, but you know she's not able to flag him down or she doesn't um but she has written like she has this these packets that she's made up she had a letter in the packet it has an explanation to him of who she is and what she's doing and photos of claudia and of herself so she's trying to look for a place to give this to him yeah yeah a little stalkery (laughs) Well, it is quite stalkery, actually. <laughs> you think? Yeah, so she comes back the next day and she slips the envelope under the gate. Um, and um, now I can't remember why <laughs> why I, I put down to put this song in, an oh, immigrant song, because it's kind of spooky. And so she didn't mention the immigrant song in the in the book, but I, I was, I like, I, I Wikipedia, you know, the... Uh, best like the most famous uh led zeppelin songs are the best led zeppelin songs and i listened to someone some of them and i decided this one kind of fit with the tower house kind of feeling uh more than some of the others of course they are they're all a little spooky well it, it, it is their second highest uh rated song on spotify oh. after that stairway to heaven song oh this is the one that goes ah sounds like us like a ghost kind of right? well i i believe it's supposed to be the sound of the valkyries but we can go with ghost <laughs> maybe <laughs> but <laughs> well let's listen to it and see what okay would, what the- on the other side we will we will give our thoughts <laughs> right. here is immigrant song <laughs> Hammer of the gods. I love how he says that. <laughs> I believe this is more of, uh, uh, yes, the as I said, the uh, the scream of the Valkyries, uh, very um, Nordic uh, imagery. Um, ah, you know, appealing to the Dane. <laughs> Do you <Yes>. think? <laughs> yes. When I heard this, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's my people. Uh, let's go berserk. <laughs> That's the first house. Okay. Yes. Then she goes and makes her field trip to the second home, which is in Windsor. Oh. And this is the house where John Bonham 
had died uh, on September yeah. 24th, 1980, of yeah. an alcohol overdose. Yeah, which is, uh, wait a minute here, that was, just a, that was just a couple of days ago. 1980? No, September 24th. Yeah, yeah, my son's birthday. Yeah. And uh, the quote, I remember the that. Quote, I, had t- I had tickets to the... Sh- to the- concert the, oh, the tour really? the yeah they, they had oh. planned an american tour they were actually doing uh, rehearsals uh for that when oh. yeah that happened i know it's sad uh while luna is looking at the house she says death had invaded that house just like mine and um she sees a young pregnant woman with a strong southern accent emerge who she hears somebody call Mrs. Page, <gasps> and Luna did not know that Jimmy was married. So I don't know. She could have found that out in one of the magazines, I guess. But you know, we didn't have the internet. I mean, there was no social media in those days, so <laughs> no. I guess you wouldn't find out about that. Um, I looked her up. This uh, the his first wife was uh, Patricia Ecker. All right. Yes. And they she was from Louisiana. Really? Oh, I didn't know she was an American. Yep, she was a Louisianan, Uh and they married in 1986, and the son that she was pregnant with in this book was called James, also, uh, was born in 1988. So that's, um, I guess, Jimmy's second child that he knows about. Um, (laughs) She recalls that Jimmy already has a daughter who is the same age as Luna, Mm-hmm. Um, that a, a daughter that he had with French model Charlotte Martin, and they were together from 1970 to 1982. And the, the daughter's name is Scarlett, and she was born the same year as Luna. So Luna says in the book, I could have grown up in the wings of a concert hall, playing tag with Bonzo's two kids, smearing stage makeup all over our faces, Sneaking sips of Jack Daniels left unfinished before a show, but another little girl had wandered those corridors instead of me. Mm. I thought that was poignant because she lets like her idea that Jimmy Page is her father makes her feel like somebody else stole her life. I mean, that's just so nowhere to go, you know, um, but so you know, we feel a lot of sympathy for her, but she still needs to find out. So she's still okay. On so her... so she did. Did she interact with uh, uh, with uh, his first wife? No. Okay. Okay. So she just watches this. She's just lurking, mm-hmm. basically, at this point. Except for you know, the first house, she put her envelope under the gate. And she goes off kind of disappointed and not knowing what to do next. And she's directed um, to this record store where she can buy a ticket for a show that she finds out Jimmy will be at in a couple of days, which is a guitar competition at Hammersmith Pally. I just remember the kink song about the Pally. What what which song was that when they sing? It's 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 like how the how the English just totally like mangle the French language, right? <laughs> On purpose? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a Hammersmith Palais. Yes. But they say they palais. palais. Yeah. So anyway, so she finds out that pay that Jimmy Page will be judging a guitar contest at the Hammersmith Pally in a couple of days when she's still going to be in England. And the other two people that are going to be judges are Brian May of Queen yeah. 
and Pete Shelley of the Buzz Buzzcocks. Wow. I, I'm assuming this happened, actually happened, but that's one fact I didn't check up on. But I'm assuming I, I have that a feeling was a that, real that, thing. That's a little. That's a uh, look. The <clears throat> Brian May. That makes sense to you know uh, fictionally put in uh, the same room with Jimmy Page. But Pete Shelley of the Buzzcocks, come on. That's <laughs> out in left field. Yeah. That's got to be true. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's true. <laughs> After, and she knows that, you know, first of all, she has a ticket to go home in a few days. And also that Jimmy's about to go out of town to tour his new album, Outrider, which was the, you know, the album yeah, yeah, that the, her yeah. uncle had mm-hmm, given her, mm-hmm. um, which started off this whole thing. And she she also knows that the album is going to be released at the same time as Plant's as Robert Plant's album Now and Zen. What yeah. a cute name for an album! Hey, that's a pretty good album. And they were each on you know each a other's better, albums. A better album than so Jimmy I Page's thought album. Uh, from the album Outrider, we could hear the song "Wasting My Time," which is a song that Plant is singing on, and um, see. Uh, what was on that album, Outrider, that uh, sparked off this this whole journey of Luna's? Oh, this of uh, wasting my time. Wasting my time. Mm, sounds like the end result of this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I kid. I kid. No, just, of, of Luna's of Luna's journey. journey. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> A waste of time is my point. Yes. No, wasting. Because she finds out the truth. Wasting my time. Actually, okay, wait a minute. It, to me, it sounds like Sammy Hagar. Yeah. But it, I know it's not quite Sammy Hagar, but it has that sort of Sammy-esque phrasing. Uh, okay, who is it? Somebody named John Miles. John Miles. Born John Arrington. Okay. Oh, okay. So that doesn't mean anything Miles to me of either. Miles. Uh, John Miles. No, yeah. um... Uh, mm, I'm not familiar. Clearly, I don't know my Robert I... Plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely right. that's definitely not Robert Plant. Uh, uh, same kind of like high screechy voice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, let's let's talk about that yeah. because um, you know, Mr. Plant, uh, who uh, by the way was a huge, huge fan of Janis Joplin. 
that's where he took his inspiration yeah, from. Yeah, okay. And, you know, he changed the whole game in, you know, male singing by trying to sound like a female mm-hmm. by that, you know, very high side. Of course, he destroyed his voice in the process of doing it because he can't hit those notes these days. No. Um, and although, hey, look. That's I, not I, really necessary no, to hit those and, notes. No, and I saw I, I saw a plant not too long ago, a couple yeah, about four or five years ago, uh, Bottle Rock. And he was fucking great. Um, yeah. You know, but without. But you got to save those notes anyway yeah, for but something man, important. Yeah, but man, could that guy fucking wail? Yeah. I mean, he just. And he changed the game. He really did. He yeah. he changed the game. And he had a million imitators, is my point. Right. You know, um, you know without Plant, you, you don't get uh, Coverdale. You know, uh, you, you don't get. Um, um, well, what's his name? Brian Miles? <laughs> you don't, don't get that. Wait, what? Robert, you, you, you don't get any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just, he created this, uh, this, this new Miles. sort of, uh, over the top high end, um, you know, um, uh, that, uh, that just became a, a big deal, especially in the eighties, boy, yeah. you know, is on the hard rock side of things. You know, you just had to, now, uh, that being said, you know, there's a, there's there's a, a good uh, musical reasoning for that. Is frequency wise, you know, by sitting on top of those screeching guitars, um, it, it kind of works. Yeah, it, it works really well. And, yeah, he's um, in a place where the other instruments yeah, aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he found a spot which was really nice, and you know, uh, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about Robert Plant. That yeah. guy is literally a fucking golden god uh, <laughs> and deserves every accolade uh, to this day. Uh, I mean, he's still out doing really good work. I mean, he just came out with a new album with Alison Krauss, uh, you know, right. another album with Alison Krauss. Yeah, oh, wow. You know, and I, that guy really, I mean, he gets it. He really, he got it. He, I, he, to the point where he, I think I remember right, he moved to Nashville for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, immersed himself in all that, uh, uh, you know, those muddy waters and uh that uh, and I, I don't mean muddy water. I mean those muddy waters of where the blues really, you know, originated. I <laughs> yeah. mean, that guy put 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 the time and effort into, especially after. Oh yeah, I so. mean, he's certainly interested in blues. I yeah. mean, that's the basis. Of yeah, his yeah, and, and 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 all props to the other the other three guys too. I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy, and everybody knows what an incredible. A uh, songwriter, uh, producing genius, uh, the guy was uh, the ability to layer guitars like he did, just, just really, just again, changed the game. Uh, Bonzo with th- this, uh, this, this, this domination of the kit and playing just a little behind the beat, mm-hmm. which causes you to make this feel differently, and. You know, John Paul Jones, who was just a multi-instrumentalist and uh, really rounded out uh, some of the weaknesses that um, would have um, been obvious in that format, you know, a a very, very heavy blues band uh, without his uh, subtleties that are, uh, are played in there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a magic band and they knew it right away. They knew it from the moment they walked in to a rehearsal studio uh, within, you know, a song. They Uh were like, Holy shit, we got we got something. It's a good something combo. Here. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, yeah, that's uh, that song is definitely, you know, like we were talking about, not up to the Led Zeppelin. You know, it doesn't have that 
uh, the drum, the driving drum. Yeah, I mean, are uh, you not missing Bonzo yeah. on that on mm-hmm. that song? I mean, yeah, it just I, I didn't realize it until I started listening to it again. Like, oh yeah, there is something missing here. Yeah, I mean, when people, you know, the people talk about, you know, Bonzo is like the greatest drum of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are a couple others I'd put up there. Um, you know, obviously Neil Peart uh, is is in the conversation. I think Bill Bruford uh, belongs in the conversation. Um, and and there are several others that 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 belong in that conversation, but definitely John Bonham belongs in that conversation. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a pity we're going to get to um, his uh, his death. Well, I think we already got to his. Death. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but okay. So um, Luna finds a a ticket. To this guitar competition at a record store and buys a VIP access ticket, hoping that she'll be able get to get to backstage and, meet, and her, meet him. Her baby, her baby, baby her dad, baby, daddy. baby daddy. Right, yeah. Right. But while, you know, the, the, the concert isn't for a, a couple of days, so she plans a couple of field trips. And the first one she takes to visit uh, Russia where bon- Bonham was buried. Oh. And um, apparently, like, she take, has to take the train there because <clears throat> it's far, you know, far from London. And and she meets a kindly female taxi driver who helps her get to the, like, she, she loses her money. I mean, all this horrible stuff happens to her. You know, you're just like, oh, my God, she's such a baby. And she goes traveling across, you know, the ocean to mm-hmm. London. And she's on her own and all these bad things happen to her but she you know she finds uh, a woman a taxi driver who takes her there and you know recalls like she knows like oh yeah pilgrim you know pilgrims come to john bonham's grave uh quite frequently so she knows exactly where she's going and it really affects um luna she sits at his grave and weeps over a waste of waste his life had been dead dead so young just like her mother. Yeah, he was, I think, 32, if I yeah. remember right. So. And uh, one thing that's interesting that she does, though, before she leaves the grave is she takes a bottle of whiskey that somebody had put there to, you know, to, you know, as an homage to Bonham. Um, and, you know, how people put flowers on the graves and yeah. stuff. People have brought bottles of booze. So she decides to steal one of Weird, the Weird, because that's literally what killed him. Right. I know, but she's 18. Yeah. What can you do? And next she uh, goes to Headley Grange, which uh, is yes. southwest of London, where Surrey. Led Zeppelin recorded their fourth album. Mm-hmm. And uh, her friends, her newfound friends that she meets at the hotel she's staying at, uh, drives her up there. And um, she climbs over the fence and knocks on the door. Um, and she is actually allowed inside because the person that actually lives there right now is the son of the woman who rented the house to Led Zeppelin for their recording sessions. So he knows, you know, all the history of the house. Mm -hmm. And when he opens the door and she's, you know, stuttering and, you know, trying to explain why she's there... He understands the significance of the house and shows her around. And he says, you've come to see the staircase, the holy grail of Led Zeppelin sites. <laughs> That's where they set up the drums. Right. right. And he shows her into the foyer and he says, 
She said, the stairway was to my right, a brutish, dark wood structure angling upward for three stories, holding court in a captive house. I could see all the way to the top landing, where light poured in through the windows like the resplendent glow of paradise. Ooh. And this is, yes, the stairway. And, of course, we have to listen <laughs> to Stairway to Heaven yeah. right now. Okay, 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 fine. As if I haven't heard it enough in my fucking life. <laughs> <clears throat> Let us listen. Let us. You know, and, and the, the problem is, look, it's a great song. There's no two ways about it. There, I, I would not um, agree to that at any time. But to play only a little piece of it that doesn't—I know—it's going to be—it's hard it's to the decide. whole song, and it is. I mean, it's a build, and it's a beautiful build. Yeah. And um, you know, lyrically, we might have some discussions on, you know. How mature or immature it might be, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Does it matter? Does it really matter? No. Um, not to me because I don't pay attention to lyrics anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lady who knows. There is. <laughs> there is. All there right. Is. <laughs> Let's listen to Stairway to Heaven at least a little. So there's no way there's no way you can get a full flavor of Stairway to Heaven. So we're just gonna bed part of it underneath of us talking here. So what? what I guess let me, let me just ask you a question. Were you a fan of this song, or do you? I mean, obviously it was it was ubiquitous. It was everywhere on yeah. on, on FM radio. What, yeah. what what were your memories of the song? I remember liking it. I mean, you know, the whole way it is very gentle, mm -hmm. and then it, it just explodes. Yeah. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't remember it being super important in my life, but, you know, I always liked it. I mean, but like you said, you hear it a lot, you know. Ele you know, it's turned into elevator music almost. Um, and, you know. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's all I remember about it. I don't remember anything specifically about, you know, the first time I heard it or anything like that. Yeah, I like that it's, um, number one, it's an, an, an interesting mythical type of story. I mean, let's face it, um, you know, um, Page and Plant were, you know, their, their subject matters were the mythical. I mean, you know, they literally wrote songs with Tolkien uh, imagery to it yeah. and, and even called out Gollum in yes. Ramble On right, uh, right. and you know the Misty Mountains you know so so they they, 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 they had digested a lot of this mythical fantastical um, elements uh, to it and, and you feel that in, in Stairway to Heaven uh, and, but it's not derivative of you know another uh, piece of art of which they've been you know uh, 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 
the finger's been pointed at of them doing exactly that. And that's not the case with Stairway to Heaven. It's uh, it's it's an original piece. Uh, there's no yeah. two ways about it. And it's um, uh, it, it it just it just builds and grows and it, you know it, it, it's just. It's, it's it's like um, it's meat and potatoes. I mean, it, it, you know, in rock and roll, you know, it, it, you know, if I if I had to say, okay, <clears throat> here's five songs that you need to know to understand rock and roll. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be an Elvis song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be the Beatles, right? Uh, definitely, there's going to be a Bob Dylan song in there. We can we can argue about. There's two more. Rolling Stones. Mm, yeah, Gimme Shelter I might throw in there, but but there may be a couple of others, uh, you know, my generation uh, from The Who, especially yeah. at that time. Um, you know, uh, but Stairway to Heaven is probably in that top five yeah. just to kind of say, here is, you know, if an alien showed up and said, okay, give me five songs, it means something about rock and roll, so I can take it back to my leaders. I'd say, you know, Stairway to Heaven belongs in that case. <laughs> What's that? that was my bad it's alien voice. To be an imitation of an alien? <laughs> I didn't know where to go. I just picked something. In fact, I didn't even pick it. It was subconscious. So. Anyway, it's. Um, I, I agree with Plant. Cashmere is definitely, um, you know, the song if you're going to say Led Zeppelin. But if you're gonna say rock and roll, Stairway to Heaven, uh, it, it, is it either one of them my favorite Zeppelin song? No, um, right. You know, I, I would. There's a few others that I I would pick. But uh, uh, anyway, it's um, it's it's kind of fun and cool. Yeah, yeah. It um, it is, and it's it's. I mean, it was really interesting to me to read about how they had used this house and this you know unconventional recording um space yeah you know to to make these songs and the man that lived in the house that was showing luna around told her how the band had strung microphones from the banisters to catch capture the acoustics mm-hmm. and um and also she was pretty astonished to learn that the the song that her mother had played over and over again for sticks was also recorded in that very same room. And so, yeah, pretty much, pretty much all of uh, Led yeah, Zeppelin four was, she's, mm-hmm. she's really touched by that, you know, like by being in, in the, room the room where the, song where was, the music yeah. was recorded that touched her mother's life in mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that it had, even if it was, you know, um, not that helpful to her mother in right. the long run, right, but still, right. You know, this was something she really associated with her mom. Mm. So, um, she um, she thinks about her mother while she's standing there, and she wonders whether her mother had ever been there. So she's kind of going further in her fantasy because what all that she knows is that her mother went to a Led Zeppelin concert in North Carolina, supposedly in 1969 i mean she was never told that her mother went to england or anything like that so she's just kind of getting uh, a little bit uh kind of far afield here um but a quote from the book is was she here was she the lady bathed in white light singing in the bedroom (laughs) where jimmy had slept so you know she's getting 
uh, pretty fantastical here. Um, but, you know, finally, the time has come for her to go to the Hammersmith Pally and see if she can, you know, kind of get Jimmy's attention. And like you were saying, the fact that... Can I, can I just bring up a point? Sure. Led Zeppelin never played North Carolina in Well, that's a good point, dear. <laughs> and we'll just keep that for the end of the mystery here, okay? You're, you're, you're Googling. Luna didn't have an option to do that. <laughs> she didn't have Wikipedia. She didn't have Google. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. So this is, this she's is just, pre-internet. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. So... But you know, you were talking about uh, the about the Buzzcocks. Uh, you know this 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 competition where you have these um, yeah the kind guitar, of different uh, types of musicians there to mm-hmm. judge a guitar. So so there's a really great description of her going to you know standing in line and all the different people like there's housewives and then there's grungy groupies and there's you know all these people that are there to see their sons daughters grandsons you know idols whatever um and she meets you know a couple that are there seeing their nephew play and they're just all you know stodgy and middle class and she also has these conversations with these groupies who are trying to elbow elbow her out of the way to uh, get closer to the stars but she does see him finally up close. She sees Jimmy's page up close, and she sees that even though her mother kind of saw him as a god and how they were, you know, portrayed in, in you know, while Led Zeppelin was a band, she sees, because this is 1988, that he's just a, a person. You know, he's he's got thinning hair, he's wearing glasses, so he can look at the, you know, he can write in the, you know, like write notes and stuff like that. Um, and so she, you know, she feels like that makes him more accessible. And after, as he's leaving, she chases after him as he's going to his car and she shoves the letter into his hands. And this is like her last day in England. So she has to, she has like 24 hours to see if he's going to respond to her letter mm. before she has to go home because she's provided her hotel address and her phone number. And finally, later on in the next day, she does get an answer to her letter. No. Yes. And I think that I shall leave it at there as a cliffhanger. What? Yes. I, but... Cause I want to know. Y'all have to read the dang book to find out what happens, and I suggest you do. Oh, so. man. I am. Now I'm actually intrigued. Yes. And it's a quick read, so you will be able to find out. Uh, you read the book, Searching for Jimmy Page by Leaving Christy us with a cliffhanger. Alexander Hallberg. Now, when I was a librarian, I was a children's librarian for quite a while, and I, I was supposed to make up book talks like go into the schools you know and and talk about a book but leave it so that the kids would want to go read it because you can't tell everything about a book or that you know it's kind of like well i don't need to read you that you can't now. tell a book by its cover hmm? you can't tell a book by its cover oh no, you have to have a little bit though i do i do judge books by their cover <laughs> this one has a really good cover there's a guitar 
uh, and a like a broken guitar string kind of curling around and mm. yeah, I hope that's what the the this was an advanced copy that. I anyway, well, your point with the children. My point would be that I wasn't very good at book talks. <laughs> can believe that <laughs> so because i would tell too much uh-huh. okay so mm-hmm. i'm not going to make this mistake here okay and i'm going Got to it. leave it there uh-huh. and then there is also a coda which wraps the story up and brings it up into the present time which i'm also not going to tell you about because it's wait a minute very I... interesting mm, okay yeah. yeah so now i'm at a loss I mean, most of the time, you know, we talk about these biographies or autobiographies. Yeah, and you know if the person lived or died. Yeah, I know the story. What they're you know. doing now yeah. and all that. Yeah. No. Oh, man, now I'm going to have to read the book. I'm going to tease you. Fine. I'm going to tease you, Fine. but, you know, I think you... Hey, I'm going as... on vacation next week. This sounds like good summer reading. Yeah, you can borrow Beach my reading. copy. Yes, as you, As you, I mean, I'll give you a clue. Mm-hmm. As, you, <laughs> as you already noticed, Jimmy, Led Zeppelin was not in... North, North Carolina, Carolina in 1969. In, in February of 1969. So, yeah. you know, not too much of a cliffhanger. Yeah, well. But um, I'm going to say that uh, this was really a good book for me because, um, like I said, I love mysteries. And I lo- also love coming-of-age stories. Yeah. I love stories that have teenagers in mm-hmm. them for some reason because, you know, so much happens. There's so much not known. There's so much experimentation there's you know and there's um i don't know for some reason i've always been attracted to books about teenagers so um and she uses um luna's uh kind of uh i guess hobby or need to be a writer in the book because it's kind of interspersed with little like pieces of poetry and storytelling that Luna, you're kind of like on your, on the edge, not knowing like, did this really happen? Or is this something she's just imagining? So there's, there's a lot of mystery on a lot of different layers, you know, on a lot of different levels. Um, And so that, you know, that part really kept me going. Like I said, even though I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan, you don't really need to be, and you know it intrigued me to go and and listen to the songs that were mentioned in the book and to read more about Led Zeppelin. But um, I think for fans of Led Zeppelin, this would be really fun to read because you will get the innuendo and the lyrics and the yeah. you know mentions of songs and mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I see how she would have like Cashmere, like oh of course, Cashmere is the story of the intrepid traveler, right? You know. Right. So, um, yeah, I didn't know that while I was reading it, yeah. reading the book. So that's great. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, I'm glad we got a good one, yeah. especially for our first novel. I know. Um, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you you highly recommend it. That's good uh, to know. So, folks, uh, go out there. Uh, grab the book. The book's title again is Search, "Searching for Jimmy Page." Searching for Jimmy Page by Christy Alexander Hallberg. Great. All right. Well, uh, let us sign off. Obviously, with a song by Oh, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> That's a strange, strange choice. Yes, I was. Uh, I chose Black Dog because. Um, you know, of course, since I'm not a big fan, I was uh, looking around uh, to see which 
which songs were, you know, considered their best songs. And this was one of them, and mm-hmm. I like it. Mm. So I thought we would uh, end with this one. I think that's a great choice uh, from Led Zeppelin Four, the opening track of the album. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you soon, uh, and we will see the rock and roll librarian soon. Uh, hey, do you have something up next? Well, I'm very excited to start reading a biography of John Hyatt. I don't know. A lot of people don't know John Hyatt, but my husband and I are huge fans, and he has a long history with people like Nick Lowe and Ry Cooter and Oh, um, lots of people you love. You know, covered one of his songs, and that kind of catapulted her to fame. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in... uh, Actually, we're going to see him um, in a couple of weeks in Napa. Oh, great. Yeah. All right, so John Hyatt's up and coming. Yeah. Okay, we're going to leave you all now, and here's Black Dog. Bye. and hosted by Christian Swain. Co-host, Shelley Sorensen. All sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson. All quotes performed by actors unless noted. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology.